The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Each business is unique and operated individually of others in the same industry. What they have in common is the potential path to success. Welcome to The Second Stage with your hosts, Jeffrey Cadlick and Brendan Anderson. In today's program, we'll address the obstacles that many businesses find on that path to success and discuss what entrepreneurs and their businesses are doing to stay ahead of the curve. Now, here is Brendan Anderson and Jeffrey Cadlick. Good afternoon, everybody. It's Brendan Anderson. Welcome to The Second Stage. And this is his tag team partner, Jeff Cadlick. Uh, thanks for uh, joining us on the show this week. Uh, the, show, the topic this week is on crowdfunding, which is a hot topic in, in the market today. And as Brenda and I were researching this topic, we learned a lot. And uh, hopefully you will, too. And one of the great things about this show that we say week in, week out is, is that entrepreneurship is an ongoing process. And... Uh, Brennan and I get the great privilege of, of learning each week and talking to specialists that understand this a heck of a lot better than we do. And we're able to, through this forum, uh, share these topics with you. So uh, thank you for joining us again. Uh, as always, I wanted to recap uh, last week's show and uh, share again you know, some of the takeaways that, that, that we had from our show. Uh, and as a reminder, uh, last show was with Mike Marhofer, uh, a uh, a, a an attorney at a law firm that we use a, quite a bit for, for our business, and you know Mike has proven to be not more than a lawyer to us. He is somebody that we go to because he has great business acumen. No, and it's and it's. Uh, I think people that were uh, that uh, listened to the show would uh, agree. It's a it's a tough subject. I mean, this uh, the uh, you know the the business of 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 documenting you know the, some of the things we do and the agreements that we reach in, in various deals. And um, it's. I thought Mike did a very good job, kind of summarizing it. It's uh, it is a is a tough and ever evolving uh, subject. Well, business law, you know, for these small businesses is uh, you've got to have a base framework in place. And it's such a broad topic. I think it was was difficult for Mike. I think my main takeaway was that you've got to have a, a good attorney when you get started and not your neighbor and not your buddy, uh, but somebody that does it for a living and does it all of the time. Because while they may be more expensive on an hourly basis, you'll get to the right answer sooner. And I think it probably even out in the end. That's a very good point. As, as you know, Jeff, when I started in '95, I, I didn't necessarily subscribe to that, and would uh, you know, kind of always run around looking for the deal. And uh, it, they, that may end up taking a lot more time in the long run. Um, I also want to stress it, it's. It just seems maybe I'm just the old guy now, Jeff, but it just seems that 
it, things are getting a lot tougher. It's just um, one of these uh, the the states are now involved in this and the regulations and the things you have to do and um, it just it just seems like it's uh, it's not worth uh, trying to learn that as an entrepreneur and it's you just save a lot more time and a lot more resources by by uh, finding a uh, somebody that knows it. Well, certainly litigation is alive and well in the good old United States, and I think uh, you know the regulatory aspect of it is just really a symptom of uh, you know the meltdown, and we're still seeing those regulations roll out. I think there I saw uh, reports at forty-one thousand new uh, rules and laws and regulations. Uh, <laughs> Uh, un- unfurled itself on the the U.S. population at the beginning of uh, 2014. Well, yeah, I, as you know, Jeff, I am a student of that, so I started reading them, and then my ADD kicked in at uh, about halfway through the second one, and so I, I've still got a lot more to go there. So uh, I, I realize you probably got to the fifth or sixth one before you lost lost the interest. But anyway, hey, Jeff, I want to talk about the, today's subject a little bit. This crowdfunding thing, you know, it's as uh, people that have been in the private equity world or institutional capital world for. Uh, you know, we don't. Uh, it's been a long time, and it, this this seems so foreign and so crazy, especially given all of the regulations that that you and I and our investors uh, have to put up with in our world. This this just seems like it's a big leap of faith for the for the government. I do, uh, you know, and I think you and I both agree that we are all for entrepreneurship. You know, that's our, our life's passion, um, and getting capital to these folks, I think, is a great idea. But I think you and I come about this uh, the same way that this is probably not a great idea. That what's been working, what's been happening so far has been working pretty well and that the better and the best ideas do ultimately rise to the top, that there's no shortchanging this process of getting capital. You've got to go through the process of, for lack of a better word, getting your butt kicked and refining your business model and your story before you're going to get uh, money from outside investors. I think that's a great point. I think if you look at uh, when when I first started and tried to put my first deal together when I was 28, I, I remember uh, having the, the pitch or what I thought the, the story was and uh, and obviously believing in it and writing, you know, being willing to write a, a check myself, you know, a bigger check than I quite frankly could afford to lose. And as I made my rounds talking to the other entrepreneurs or the people that would, uh, you know, would, be cons- would consider this sort of investment, they would ask me questions and I would take the questions and I would go back and I would answer them and I would improve the pitch and I would go back and uh, then again, gather more questions. And I almost feel that that process is is, is a great way to prepare entrepreneurs for the for the for the issues that they're going to be confronted with, and it helps them structure the deal uh, better. and uh, And I think back to the changes I made in the first couple companies that I that I bought and operated. Um, it was really in the guidance of some of those investors that that protected me from making some mistakes that I probably would have made as a as a you know as a new twenty eight year old entrepreneur. 
Yeah, you know, and it's funny. I think that, and I think that's a great example of how it actually works. I think a lot of people think that fundraising really is for people that are are slicksters or are um, have a gift for the gab, but really, it's a lot of trial and error. It's really about, as you're saying, hearing what the investors need to hear or need to see before they're willing to invest. And as I talked about, shortchanging the process. You know, you need to have data points that you can point to, to your potential investor and say, I did that, or I've done that. And that's why you should invest, whether it's you were profitable uh, for several months in a row, or you hit certain milestones. These are the things that investors need and deserve to see if they're going to invest in your business. It, it makes sense to it makes a lot of sense to me and and Jeff I also point out you know we we frequently refer to the evolution of evolution and how we've refined our focus and strategy and and so forth as we have talked to our investors and so forth and maybe talk about that a little bit I mean it, it really is the same exact thing I mean we we had we had to evolve our strategy so it so it it, it, it was not only you know something that we were passionate about, but something that we could that our investors could be passionate about. <laughs> yeah, and I tell you, being able to describe what you're doing is is important. I think that uh, we became more clear as we told the story, and it got simpler to tell. Uh, we were able to provide anecdotes and examples that I thought helped our investors better understand uh, and more clearly understand what we were trying to do. That uh, that su- subject got Jeff all choked up there. That was uh, that was uh, yeah. <laughs> that brings back some very <laughs> emotional uh, points in my life. <laughs> little flashback. Little right. Yikes. Anyways, <laughs> that's good. That's good. But I. But, but it, you know, we'll, go, ahead. go ahead. I was going to say, there's a lot of you know. Um, there's a lot of issues around this. I mean, I think any, like any relationship, investor, investee, there has to be alignment. You know, there needs to be documentation about, uh, you know, the arrangement. There needs to be a discussion about what are the risks and what are the returns. And, and I think when we were preparing for the show, you brought up a great point about valuation. I mean, even today, you and I debate about the value of a business, and this is what we do for a living uh, all the time. Yeah, I, it's uh, so kind of comparing this to the crowdfunding where people people that would do you know kind of value a business you know once a year or, or once every other year or once a month, uh, it's a tough request compared to the fact that you know we're we're looking at you know deal and a half two deals a day and making some of those judgments and looking at the market and understanding that sort of thing. It really is, and, and to think that it's still hard for us, um, but uh, you know to to put that on a on a in the mass, uh, in the in the in the mass market, uh, you know, across uh, people that are writing, you know, relatively small checks. I was very stunned. We'll talk to Bob about this in a, in a couple of minutes, but I was very surprised how small the checks were and how um, what they were asking of people, uh, you know, to uh, to make these investments. 
Uh, yes, and 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 I agree. I was I was uh, again the preparation for this this meeting, uh, uh, this podcast has been very very interesting. And our guest today is Bob Rapp uh, of Calfee Halter and Griswold. His, the focus of his practice is on securities and capitals mark capital markets, specifically around securities litigation, alternative dispute resolution proceedings, and 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 the like. And the great thing about litigators is is they they get to see all the times when things don't work out and so they know how to go back and take corrective action you know early in the process and i think that uh you know we've known bob for a number of years and he's very um thoughtful and has a very good understanding of of the crowdfunding issues and i thought he was very appropriate to to have on as our guest today and as i said uh as i do each week i want to invite people to uh participate in our conversation today it is a hot topic uh you can um email us at the second stage at evolutioncp.com or even call us at 866-472-5790 that's 866-472-5790 again this is um about creating actual advice and we want to get some dialogue and answer any questions that you have out there. Uh, finally, before we take our break from this first segment, is we want to take a moment to thank McGladry, uh, is a leading provider of assurance tax and consulting services focused on small and mid-sized businesses nationwide with more than 6,700 people in 75 U.S. cities. Uh, Evolution has used McGladry now for the better part of five years, and they have brought um, uh, uh, a incredible amount of resources to our organization and we very much appreciate our relationship so with that we're going to take a break here at the second stage and come back with our guest bob rapp and talk about crowdfunding thanks for tuning into the second stage what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. Is your business model robust enough? In today's ever-changing business environment, people are working to transform themselves, their futures, and their business. Tune in to Business Reinvention with your host, Nancy Lynn. To stay ahead of the game in business, you have to constantly reinvent yourself and your organization. With Nancy's experience and that of her guest experts, you'll learn from stories of inspiration, innovation, and forward thinking. Listen for Business Reinvention, live every Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Business Channel. In sales, are you a lion or a vulture? Lions don't wait, they just go for it. Vultures hang around until the lions are finished and just pick up the scraps. How can you set yourself apart as a lion? Join the other aspiring sales lions and listen to Forget Patience, Let's Sell Something with host Ty Maynard. You'll learn the tips and strategies of top sales professionals. You'll gain more clients at a faster rate and at higher margins. If you're a sales professional, business owner, or executive, listen in every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are tuned in to The Second Stage. 
To reach the hosts or their guests today, call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to thesecondstage at evolutioncp.com. Now, back to Jeffrey Cadlick and Brendan Anderson. Welcome back to the second stage. This is Jeff Cadlick, and I'm here with my tag team partner, Brendan Anderson. Uh, like any forum, the show will be more effective and powerful if folks contribute their experiences and ideas. We invite you to continue the discussion from each week's show on our blog, which can be found at evolutioncp.com. You can email us at the second stage at evolutioncp.com or even call us at 866-472-5790. The topic this week is crowdfunding. It's been a hot topic now for the better part of a year, and we've got an expert as our guest today, Bob Rapp from Calfee Halter and Griswold. We want to welcome you to the show, Bob. Thanks for coming on. Well, thank you. I'm happy to do it. Good. Thanks, Bob. It's uh, This is Brendan. Hey, I just, uh, I'm dying to know. There's a lot of buzz around this crowdfunding thing. What is it? Can you, uh, can you, can you, can you help me understand it? Yeah, um, you know, it's a fairly simple concept. It's not really new. It's been around for quite a while. What we're talking about today more is a, is a different form or a new kind of crowdfunding, but, but crowdfunding itself is, is, is simply based on the notion that, uh, uh, one with an idea or a project, uh, seeks out individual contributions, uh, of small amounts of money from a large number of people, and that's the crowd. Uh, a, uh, typically, there's a specified target amount of money to be raised, and there's a goal or a project. There's some identified use of the funds being raised, and the members of the crowd find themselves and find the um, find the project through the internet. They get information and they decide whether to fund the campaign. And for quite some time, there have been websites, uh, platforms uh, uh, that have been quite successful. Uh, one of them, uh, the most prominent one probably is Kickstarter, uh, been very successful in, in facilitating this type of crowdfunding. And really the only thing it involves in terms of an advantage for those who are the, in the crowd is that they expect some token of value uh, from the project. For example, if, um, if the crowdfund is, uh, is attached to uh, a low-budget movie, for example. Uh, there could be tickets for the film or there could be a, a credit uh, uh, for the film. If it's a record album or some other device being developed, uh, there's, a, you know, there's a, 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 a sort of a pre-order uh, of that product. And that's the only thing that's involved. That's traditional crowdfunding. And it's... Uh, um, it's been more or less successful for a lot of entrepreneurs and, and uh, some uh, uh, small businesses. But what we're talking about now is something uh, uh, quite a bit different, uh, the, the concept being the same, but, but uh, in a, into a different uh, regulatory world, uh, uh, the world of equity crowdfunding. So you know when when uh, long before the internet, way back when uh, Jeff and I were first get, were in business, uh, you know there was there was this this concept of friends and family uh, raising. Is is crowdfunding? It's just expanding the friends and family a little bit, or, or, or is that a? I mean, it, it, I guess let me back up. When when you were calling on your friends and family or people that you knew or people close by, they, they you know the people tended to know you, which was some sort of barrier to uh, you know to, to to putting on you know to kind of structuring a you know what I would argue is a a, a kind of standard deal. Um, is 
I mean, did you, do you view it that way? Is just expanding the friends and family rounds? Well, it's 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 a much greater expansion. Um, it's uh, it's 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 an attempt. Uh, through the platforms that have been created to open it up to the universe, for that matter. So it's, it's much more than friends and family. It is now uh, creating a place where, through a platform like Kickstarter or whatever, uh, there can be a presentation, if you will, uh, of, of a project or an idea uh, and uh, a facility for bringing together l- literally people from everywhere in all walks of life uh, without any prior connection to each other or to the entrepreneur. Uh, so it is, uh, it is the ultimate extension of friends and family, I guess would be the way to put it. Yeah. So obviously it's, it's been around forever. What's, uh, you know, what's, what's bringing it to the forefront? What's, what's so different now? Yeah, well, there's a big change now in, when you think about crowdfunding in the past, it's been, um, uh, you could refer to it as, uh, and a lot of people have as gift-based. And, uh, you know, when I mentioned there's this token of value for your $10 or $100 or, or uh, small contribution. And by the way, I mean, there was a comment earlier about uh, some surprise that uh, it really is a uh, people writing the checks are writing very small checks and and and, and that's absolutely right that's that 's been the hallmark of crowdfunding whether it 's ten dollars or twenty five dollars or a hundred dollars um, in any event, there is a gift if you will, or a token of value that 's associated with that now some of the folks may have also seen over time uh, uh, the development uh, or manifestation of the development of this peer to peer Lending, uh, and 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 that has uh, evolved into a, a a concept of debt crowdfunding, uh, and uh, small loans and unsecured loans, uh, and, and again there have been websites that facilitate peer to peer lending like that. But what we're talking about now is something completely uh, new and different in the sense that it's equity fund uh, crowd crowdfunding. Uh, this is. Um, uh, this is uh, uh, true investing, uh, with the expectation of your by putting your one hundred dollars into this uh, into this venture for whatever you receive back, whether it's a share of stock or some kind of evidence that you have have an interest in this thing, uh, you expect to be able to share in the financial returns. And this is um, uh, the crowd now is is made up of investors, of small investors. Uh, they can buy the stock of a start. You know, startup enterprise, and they're being solicited uh, through the internet to be equity investors. I thought so. Equivalent so, of stock. So I suspect this shift, this shift from a from a gift, uh, you know, with a small expected return of a T-shirt or some sort of credit to a to an investment, has really shifted the regulatory piece. Maybe explain that a little bit. Well, totally, because the traditional crowdfunding is a is an unregulated environment, um, and it's evolved uh, in a in a in a way that uh, uh, fine. There, the, the 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 folks that have established platforms like Kickstarter and whatever have a lot of credibility and integrity, and they've done a good job. Um, it's still kind of a wild west thing, but nevertheless, when you get you know when you get into now equity crowdfunding, when you think about it, you're offering and selling securities. Uh, whether it's a share of stock or whether it's some certificate or some interest, call it whatever you want. 
uh, it's being offered and sold, and and because of what it is, that is an interest in the in the financial returns and the expectation of profits and whatever from the operation of this enterprise, or the skill and whatever of the entrepreneur. Now, the offer and sale of securities um, bells go off because anytime there is an offer and sale of a security, both state and federal securities laws are triggered. And um, that's what's different now. Uh, the, uh, the, the, the concept of equity crowdfunding is, is by its very nature, it, it, it triggers a regulatory uh, uh, aspect to it. And, and uh, um, when you talk about adding this regulatory side to it, it immediately imposes, theoretically anyway, incredible burdens and costs on that process that would um, stand in the way of it happening. And... So that's the big difference today, and the, and the regulatory uh, environment today is based on federal and state securities regulators. It's not based on anything else, and um, that's a very difficult uh, regulatory environment to work when you're a small business or whether you're an entrepreneur seeking a relatively small amount of capital. It costs too much to do that. So Congress got uh, uh, got onto it, and and we saw the the fruits of that uh, with the Jobs Act uh, in, in uh, 2012. I mean, tell us a little bit about the Jobs Act. I mean, because where, where Jeff and I sit, obviously, people that have been raising money for 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 opportunities and, and you know putting them in a process and so forth. This seems um, you know. Like, like the true Wild West, and you know, and what we feel from a uh, private equity perspective is that the, you know, the regulations continue to increase, but nevertheless, they, they you know, the con- or the government tries to do something like this. It just seems a little crazy to us. So maybe yeah, explain, and, that, explain and, that. And 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 in addition to that, we are bound by all the existing securities laws, you know, going back to the 1930s that have been the foundation of raising capital and issuing securities for all that time. Well, that's absolutely right, and and that's you know when you talk about crowdfunding and the emphasis, uh, and certainly the emphasis of the Jobs Act. I mean, that's that's what it stands for: the Jumpstart Our Business Startups Act. It's the focus is on doing whatever can be done to facilitate easier access to capital for small businesses, and part of the problem or challenge of small businesses in accessing capital is just the regulatory structure that you're talking about. I mean, it, it, it's, it's certainly well-developed, and it's, it's, uh, uh, it's a challenge to navigate, and for small businesses in particular, and certainly for individual entrepreneurs, um, it's, it's, it's daunting and expensive, and uh, the JOBS Act was uh, in all of its aspects. Uh, and and there, there's more to the Jobs Act than crowdfunding, but that's certainly the prominent feature of it, was aimed at uh, how can we create a mechanism uh, to uh, facilitate access to capital for small businesses. And they had the crowdfunding model from, from traditional uh, uh, gift-based and debt-based that we've talked about uh, and said, why can't, why can't this work uh, in an equity environment, and uh, we can create the mechanisms for it to work without all of the expense and burden that would be prohibitive for a small business person to uh, to want to undertake. Yeah, and you know, I, I think I I get the logic, and I certainly 
you know, don't ever want to be accused of standing in the way of small businesses having access to capital. But I'm a true believer in risk and return. And if I believe that the return is high, then there is an equal, equally weighted opposite weight for the risk. Either you see it or you don't see it. And my challenge with this from a practical perspective is these are risky investments. Most of them are, are not going to turn out. And there's going to be a lot of hard feelings, particularly because entrepreneurs fall in love with their businesses as they do and everybody gets blind spots i'm sure i have blind spots for our business that um you know aren't uh, evident to a potential investor but i'm still obligated and have folks like you you know making sure that i'm honest and objective with my investors how do you get around that on a uh, you know practical level on this exchange of, of securities and capital between two unsophisticated investor investee groups yeah sure these are ultimately risky and uh, uh, that was uh, certainly a, a, a major consideration uh, uh, the jobs act itself uh, said we're going to put some pretty significant limitations on this for example I mean uh, you know you can uh, to engage in crowdfunding for example you can only raise a uh, million dollars in a 12-month period and and what's more uh, so is the the investors themselves the people in the crowd they have very strict limitations or they will have strict limitations on what they can invest uh, uh, you have for example a two thousand dollar limitation or up to five percent of someone's net worth or annual income if that person has uh, a net worth or income less than a hundred thousand dollars I mean these are very strict limitations for an investor who has a net worth or income over $100,000, well, that person can invest 10% of annual income or net worth, whichever is greater. But think about that. Those are very, very strict limitations. And again, the thought being this is crowdfunding. These are many people, small amounts of money. Now, that doesn't take away any of the risks, so what do you do to layer in some protection to that, too? Well, the Jobs Act layered in this concept. Uh, which some people said was really the killer to the whole thing, and that is to require that all of these transactions be carried out through one of these new entities called a funding portal, uh, a platform that was that will be created specifically for these things, and to require that these folks in the crowd uh, be uh, educated to a certain extent by the by the funding portal, and also that they receive information. It's kind of like a little special crowdfunding prospectus that people will get. Uh, disclosure of information and uh, a lot of disclosure about the risks, the illiquidity involved in these things. So uh, all those concerns are there, and you're absolutely right. Um, uh, and again, it continues to be, to a certain extent, the Wild West because there's really no, um, uh, how should I say it, uh, uh, specialized protection against fraud from happening in, in, in any of these cases. Well, Bob, thank you uh, for that. I mean, I, I understand where you're going. I think that there are, you know, none of these are perfect, and I think that there probably are a lot of protections in there. And we're going to continue talking about this. We're going to take a, another brief break, and we'll be back with everyone shortly to continue to discuss crowdfunding with Bob Rapp. 
Um, and as a reminder, uh, we're available for callers. If you'd rather uh, call uh, or email our blog, uh, you know, we'd be happy to hear from you. Thanks for tuning in to the second stage. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Are you an entrepreneur that wants to achieve more? Not just in it for profit, but to do work you find meaningful that adds more value to more people in more ways? Listen for Be More, Achieve More, inspiration for the entrepreneurial mind. With host Chris Cooper, you'll hear from successful achievers from around the world with the passion and experience to offer invaluable guidance. These people are making a difference and will help give you the motivation and insight to achieve more. Be More, Achieve More can be heard live Fridays at 8 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Time Management. We all talk about it, we constantly work on it, and we all wonder what more we could be doing. Take Charge of Your Productivity identifies the 10 key elements that are part of the focus for high performers. It then integrates energy management into the time management equation. Tune in for insightful interviews, key strategies, and tips to help you create the balance you crave and deserve. Join Penny Zenker as she presents Take Charge of Your Productivity on Monday mornings at 10 a.m. Eastern, 7 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. How do you feel about the future? Tune in each week for Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life with host Kate Ebner. You can be a great leader by learning from the inspiring stories of amazing visionaries who are shaping our future. Everyone deserves to create their own vision, and Kate and her guests will share the tools that you need to make it happen. Make a weekly visit to the Voice America Business Channel for Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life every Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time. Be inspired. Become inspiring. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash World Talk Radio. You are tuned in to The Second Stage. To reach the hosts or their guests today, call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to the second stage at evolutioncp.com. Now, back to Jeffrey Cadlick and Brendan Anderson. Welcome back to the show, The Second Stage. This is our show, but it is a forum. So we're looking for input from you so we can benefit from everyone's experience. So don't be shy and uh, give us a shout out if you've got any questions or comments you'd like to make during the show. Uh, we want to circle back with uh, uh, Bob Rapp of Calfee Halter and Griswold regarding crowdfunding. And we were just finished off the last segment talking about this portal that's available that really help kind of regulate the relationship between you know the company and and the investor and one of the things we were talking about offline bob was about you know what kind of obligations does the company have in terms of reporting is there in documentation and so on and so forth yeah um again uh, when you're in this regulatory world and the, and the concern is that there be disclosure uh to uh investors and potential investors it's not surprising that there is proposed to be part of the crowdfunding regulatory structure a requirement that the that the issuer 
uh, make a filing with the SEC. And in fact, they, they've proposed a particular form uh, for that filing. It would be called a Form C. And Form C um, would, at least at this point, be a kind of fill-in-the-blanks form that would provide some very specific categories of information. Actually, quite a bit of information, but, but the... the, the the, the the hope is, at least in the way the, the form is now proposed, is that it's not a, a long and, and a burdensome kind of document to prepare. But the fact of the matter is, uh, there are specific uh, categories of information that are required. And the issuer, uh, in order to pursue crowdfunding, must file this with the SEC. And by the way, the SEC shares that with the state securities regulators. And then must also provide that that disclosure document, and it's, uh, it's referred to as an offering statement. Uh, we'll provide that to the fund portal with which the issuer will have entered into some sort of an, uh, an arrangement, uh, and the fund portal must make that available to potential investors on that platform. So it will be there posted um, uh, as well as being made available directly to people who become um, members of the crowd, if you will. Now, once the issuer has done that, and consider, again, the expense of doing that, because some of these issuers, uh, there's financial information that's a part of, of, uh, of this, uh, this document, this disclosure. And uh, in some cases, depending on the size or how much uh, uh, during a given year a particular issuer has raised through crowdfunding, there could be a requirement for audited financial statements. Uh, in other situations, lesser situations, it only would require uh, a financial statement and perhaps a tax return. But in any case, there, there, there are potentially expensive uh, financial uh, statement requirements uh, that go along with this. So there's the, and, and then by the way, uh, there, you mentioned annual report. Um, yeah, familiar with public companies that do annual reports and others. Well, this is now a public company, if you will, through crowdfunding, and there is a special crowdfunding uh, annual report that would be filed by a crowdfunding issuer um, going on into the future. So uh, uh, the, the concept, it's kind of a mini, if you take the, the entire regulatory concepts that apply at the high levels and corporate reporting and all of that that we, we come to, to be aware of, and you take it down in a mini slice of all that now, that's where you get to, uh, all the concepts are there in, in, in crowdfunding. Um, hey, Bob, Bob, this sounds, we got a lot of, we got the, the government involved with the SEC, we got the states involved, we've got, you know, you know we, got ta- we got tax filings, potential audits. I mean, what, what, this, this sounds like it's getting expensive. I mean, what else, are there more fees that people would, would need to, to consider? Well, sure. Think of the biggest one of all, and that is, remember, the, the requirement here is you can't go out and do this on your own. You must do this. Crowdfunding must be done through one of the uh, now newly registered and regulated, by the way, funding portals. Now, that could be an existing securities broker-dealer, uh, or it can be a newly created uh, entity. Uh, and there are several newly created funding portal entities in the, in the wings waiting for, for this all to take off. Um, and that the, the, the offering, if you think of it in terms of a, well, an underwriting, I mean, it's done through mm-hmm. this portal, and you pay for that because 
the process, I mean, the, think of the funding portal takes on a considerable amount of responsibility for educating people and doing all the things it's supposed to do. And marketing, uh, if you want to look at it that way, uh, the, the particular uh, crowdfunding offering. So the cost to that, uh, and the SEC has done some work on that, um, and, and they've estimated that, that um, if, if you're looking at crowdfunding, and again, their numbers, you know, they're somewhat credibly developed, but not necessarily uh, uh, correct, but they, ta- they, they talk about raising uh, more than $500,000 in a crowdfunded offering could, could range just for the portal itself, for the intermediary, could, could range from anywhere from $37,000 to $112,000 just for the intermediary. Um, and, and, you know, it's not clear yet what other charges the, uh, the interme- intermediaries might, uh, might impose on this as well that they would expect the issuer to, to provide. So think about it. I mean, you, you, you'll have uh, potentially a, a, a accounting fees. You will have the, uh, the intermediary costs. Um, and just the, uh, uh, the SEC estimated, uh, you know, if, if you have a, uh, an issuer offering more than $100,000 and you get into the cost of an annual review of the financial statements, for example, the, the SEC staff said this could run you for anywhere from 14000 to $28,000. So, Bob, let me ask you, you know, those start stacking up. And, and one of the things that's troubled me, by, and, and I don't know that I understand this fully, is the intermediary that's involved, uh, are, are they bound by the same securities laws as the investment banks? You know, they have to get licensed and all that sort of stuff? Or are these, what kind of credentials do these intermediaries need to have to participate in crowdfunding? Yeah, well, it's kind of a no and yes uh, response to that question because the again one of the uh, underlying concepts of the Jobs Act was well, well we should allow the creation of these uh, platforms without making them be subject to uh, registration or licensing, if you will, as a broker with with the SEC or with all of the states in which this may be taking place. But nevertheless, they said. This entity, this funding portal, still has to be regulated somehow. So what they said in the Jobs Act was that the funding portal, which has to make application to the SEC, must be a member of a self-regulatory organization for funding portals. Now, that's all well and good, except there isn't one. The only self-regulatory organization in the securities industry that we have today is FINRA, the Financial Industry Regulatory Authority. And so there's kind of jockeying for position going on there as to whether or not is, you know, FINRA is the, is the membership organization that, that these funding portals will, will necessarily have to join in order to engage in business because there's no suggestion of creating a new one. So, so Bob, let me get the, you know, before you got on, I was talking about your credentials to our, uh, our audience, and I talked about, you know, securities litigation, alternative dis- dispute resolution proceedings, and that the beauty of litigators is, is they get to see all the failings of a process and they can make corrective action. So let's roll forward, you know, 10 years, and your, your docket is full of all of these little <laughs> old ladies that are suing. <laughs> <laughs> these uh, old these these uh, these intermediaries. What would you do today uh, to correct 
if you see a need to correct, I do, uh, to, to make sure that this thing actually works as intended. Well, keeping in mind, and, and again, you can philosophically disagree with it, but, but fundamentally what's going on is Congress is saying that there is no need for special protections uh, that would otherwise apply through, for example, the federal securities laws and registration requirements and that sort of thing. And the reason there is no need for that special protection is that the folks that are being allowed to be part of the crowd are, are investing a very small amount of money uh, they're, uh, relative to their, uh, to their income and net worth. They are being uh, theoretically, and I say that because we're not there yet, educated. There are no suitability requirements here. On the other hand, a funding portal has the responsibility under the law for making sure that investors who, who are, uh, and, and you can see how this will develop, that the funding portals will have kind of a, uh, a stable uh, of, uh, of available uh, uh, folks out there who, who essentially subscribe, although there won't be a subscription involved, but who, who will be attracted to its website. And the, the funding portal has a responsibility to actually go to those folks who who sign up and, 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 and who become a part of the crowd and get an affirmation from them that they understand the risk of what the special risk that goes along with, with, with being a member of a crowd. I mean, there, there are very important requirements that are put on the funding portal. And so Congress says that, well, when you, these are the kind of protections that we're, that we're putting into this. And if all of it comes together and works then we're not concerned about... And, and by the way, there's still our anti-fraud protection. There are, there are uh, uh, anti-fraud provisions that, and, and remedies that are created um, so that uh, those protections are still available and, and state securities regulators are the cops on the beat and they, they still have the authority to, to police for anti-fraud uh, uh, problems. So when, when you look at it, we kind of look at it with what we're used to today. And, 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 and what Congress has said with the JOBS Act is that, well, here's a new model, and, and, and this is a whole different thing. And, and, and we're not so concerned, and we don't have to worry about applying all those things. I, I don't know. I mean, in the end, I'll tell you where the state regulators are, and, and, and I'm very much involved at, at, in, in state regulation of securities. Um, I will tell you, they, they see this as, um, uh, the concept is wonderful, but they see it as, as an area just uh, waiting for, uh, for fraudsters. Uh, hey, Bob, hey, Bob, I'm sorry, i, I, I got to ask you, as, as time winding down here, i got to ask you my, my favorite question, which is, so after all of this effort that's been put into this, it, can anybody actually do this right now? I mean, is it, you know, when it comes to, is it, is it approved? Is, is the government said, go, go do it? And we've got uh, no. about one minute. <laughs> no. right. The simple answer is no. Uh, Congress passed the law and put all the, the pieces in place, but said, uh, just like they did with the Dodd-Frank Act, uh, they, they turned it over to the regulatory agency, the, in this case the SEC, and said, here, come up with all the rules and, 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 the, and the regulations and the mechanics of the whole process in order to make it work. And the SEC was very late in doing that. They finally came out with the proposed rules last October. They're out there now. And by the way, 
That release was 585 pages long. So this simple <laughs> concept, cheap and easy, I don't know. But it, uh, those rules are proposed, and they're out for comment. It'll be months yet before there are final rules, and until there are final rules, there is no equity crowdfunding under, under the JOBS Act. Wow. Well, Bob, thank you very much for being our guest today. I think uh, I know that we have a more full understanding. And, and in fact, I actually thought that the equity crowdfunding was alive and well. So, <laughs> no, so did I. So did I. <laughs> so it's amazing what you learn when you pick your head up. Uh, well, anyway, Bob, thank you for your time. It's been great to be with you. Thank you. I, we appreciate it. Thank you. Take care. Thank and you. with that, we are going to break uh, for uh, our final break here in the second stage. And, and thank you for tuning in. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Do you need directions to solid financial future? If so, the Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with a roadmap to making smart money decisions in every area of your personal finances. Join Jordan every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 3 p.m. Eastern for the Money Answer Show on the Voice America Business Channel. Learn how and where to get the best deals on mortgages, cars, and insurance. Find out the best ways to save for college and retirement. Get out of debt, improve your credit rating, and save on your taxes. The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with great tips on investment opportunities in real estate, stocks, annuities, and other investment vehicles. That's the Money Answers Show with Jordan Goodman on the Voice America Business Channel every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. What's going on behind the scenes with your favorite Voice America show or host? For the latest news, visit the iRadio blog at iradioblog.com. You are tuned in to The Second Stage, to reach the hosts or their guests today, call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to the second stage at evolutioncp.com. Now, back to Jeffrey Cadlick and Brendan Anderson. Welcome back to the second stage. This is Jeff Cadlick. I'm here with my partner, Brendan Anderson, and we are talking about crowdfunding. We spent uh, most of our show talking to Bob Rapp of uh, Calfee Halter and Griswold, and I think he really helped us get a little bit more full understanding. And importantly, Brendan, this uh, law hasn't been passed yet, which gives me a sigh of relief. Yeah, you know, it's funny, Jeff. We think about all the articles in the Wall Street Journal and, and all the trade rags about about this subject and to think that 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 we're still we hasn't been approved i gotta be honest with you but even deeper than that jeff i'm, I'm sitting here when he's talking shaking my head thinking you're gonna raise a half a million dollars in in and that's hard to raise at two thousand dollars or you know, per per piece, and your overall costs could be one hundred and fifty. I mean, two hundred thousand dollars. I mean, if you start adding up all that, not to mention a person, you know, a person at the company that that you need to do those sort of things or take away from the the um, you know the the focus of the entrepreneur. So you know, it's it's uh, I'm sure it's well intentioned, and and I hate I know you're going to find this a surprise, Jeff. But I just I, – and, and, and I probably should stop myself, but I just can't do it. The, when the government gets involved in this stuff, whether it's you know, the, you know, the, 
the funding of this sort of thing or the small business administration for small loans. Fundamentally, those those things are deals that normally wouldn't get done in a capital markets arena, and and those inher- those tend to have a lot more risk and tend to not work out quite as well. So. Um, I I hope I'm wrong, and I hope every entrepreneur that deserves funding gets funding. But uh, look, I, I I agree with you. I mean, I've I've had a little bit of an issue with economic development. You know, for some of the same reasons, it's all this this hand of the government ending up in the capital markets. And look, do I think that uh, you know certain organizations on Wall Street need to have their wings clipped? Absolutely. Um, but with respect to this. This initiative, which I do think is well intended, I just think it's it's um, it's it's off the mark. I mean, for example, you and I both know that even much larger businesses that we look at, not what they're intended for crown funding, their reporting of their financials is not good, and it's not timely and it's not accurate. With respect to these intermediaries. You and I and anybody that participates in the private equity industry is bound by uh, securities laws, as are all the investment bankers and brokers that we talk to that have to get recertified and relicensed on a regular basis. This is Uh, self-regulatory. So in my mind, there is a lack of alignment between – uh, the intended consequence of this and the actual brokers of of these transactions, and and, and I, I agree, Jeff. And I, as you're talking, I'm, I'm picturing myself, you know, uh, thinking about who will be successful in these sorts of things, and and it kind of lends itself to the you know the, the more flashy you know kind of pitch oriented entrepreneurs, which as you and I have found through the years, aren't necessarily more successful than the. Quiet conservative, uh, you know, dot your eyes, cross your T's group, and, and quite frankly, as you know, Jeff, I kind of like the dot your eyes, cross your T's group, you know, with the with the willingness to, to look uh, look to a bigger company or you know to grow the company. So it's a uh, it, it's it's just very interesting. I um I I have to chuckle as as uh, Bob was talking. I was picturing a conversation when somebody in our firm asked you earlier this week, Jeff, whether you liked fundraising. And your reply was, uh, no, do you like getting kicked in the teeth? Do you like doing this? But it, but it's part of if you're going to – if you need to raise capital and maybe you know, talk about that for a second. It's, it's not fun. Fund raising is not fun. It's not fun, but it's it's not fun when you're trying to shortchange the process. You have to go through the natural trial and error that you talked about at the beginning of the segment and go about methodically building the data points that prove your case that you deserve funding and not to shortchange the process. And then it'll get easier. And, you know, we're still, from a private equity perspective, we're still a very young firm, and it's all about the exits. And our exits have been great, but we need more of them to continue to develop our strategy. Thank you for knocking on wood. I appreciate it. There you go. Just thought that was important. So so we have just a couple minutes here, Brendan, and and let's think about if if – you were um, doing a friends and family round because this equity crowdfunding isn't ready. What are some of the things you think that these folks should talk about that are going to participate in a friends and family round? 
Yeah, I mean, I, you're thinking more from if I was putting a, a deal together or – yeah. You yeah. know, Jeff, as you know, one of my hot buttons is always uh, – and, and, and I've done this ever since I've started raising, you know, raising money or wanting to, uh, want, wanting to invest or grow a business is, you know, are the people that are going to um, – uh, be responsible for to run well, that business. Te- oh, there you go. You were having some technical yeah. difficulties. I was getting, I was getting all, all excited, Jeff. I, I, <laughs> I, I just, I, I love. You know, at the end of the day, are the people that are responsible for the opportunity? Are they putting in real money? Are they writing a check? Is this a meaningful thing to them? Are they? Is this what they're going to focus their lives on? Is this, is this opportunity? And I think that that's a, that's an important piece. And beyond that, you know, Jeff, the, you know, if all else fails, look around and see who else is investing in the deal. Uh, Talk to them about it. Ask what they see, because you know it's fun. Funny, Jeff. You and I read uh, read up, read up on a company, and you know often we come with uh, you know we 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 need to come together and talk about the opportunity before we decide you know how to tackle it. So yeah, and I would say stay close to those investments and invest in those things that you can understand and on Bingo. a fundamental level. So like it with that with like it and I like it. I like. And it. we're gonna have what are we gonna have this week? We're gonna have passion for. Possibilities, I'm thinking. And no shortcuts. Fundraising That's right. isn't fun. Just work, work your tail off. That's right. So with that, uh, we uh, look forward to hearing from you about this topic. And we will be back on air next week, Monday at 5 o'clock Eastern, 2 o'clock Pacific on, um, on uh, Voice America Business and also on, on iTunes. Thanks for tuning in to the second stage. Appreciate you dialing in. Thank you for tuning in this week to The Second Stage. Please join Jeffrey Cadlick and Brendan Anderson again next Monday afternoon at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. And have a successful week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.